Welcome everyone to Coaching a Session. My name is Michael Reardon and I will be your mindset coach today. And today we're going to be talking about how to cultivate love. Now, love is one of those things where do men need love or do men need respect? And do women know how to love or do they know how to respect? And cultivating love is going to be putting everything under one roof. Sometimes I think people think that love is just a feeling of butterflies when you see somebody or a feeling of I got their back regardless. Maybe it can be a mixture. Maybe the butterflies go away. Do you still love the person? Maybe the person does something that betrays you, betrays your trust. Do you still got their back? And when we want to cultivate love, there's an aspect to it that we need to talk about. And that aspect is love is not just something that is a momentary thing. Like can be momentary. For example, I like going to the gym. If I like going to the gym, I might go for a couple weeks and then I get bored of going to the gym. Same thing as if I like pizza. I can eat pizza for how many days in a row before I stop liking it. I just get tired of it. So do we like our relationships? Do we love our relationships? Because I love going to the gym. Monday through Friday, I go to the gym. I enjoy it. It's not something that, oh man, I got to go to the gym again. Because if I had that mindset, eventually I would be done. I wouldn't go to the gym. And most people are in relationships where they're like, I got to do this again for him. I got to do that again for her. As long as someone is in that mindset, love cannot be cultivated in the correct manner because there's aspects to love cultivation that require good mindset. And then these four steps or these four main factors. So let's take a look at that blog so we can get the talking points for today's conversation. All right, everyone, if you're new to the channel, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe and share the video and your audio. Today, we're going to be talking about how to cultivate love to form deep connection. This is my most recent blog, so people can easily go to revenconcepts.com backslash blogs or go to the description box below to easily get to that link for this blog article. And in this blog article, we're going to be talking about the four stages or the four main stages and then some things that come along with those four stages that are not so much put forward sometimes. So like I might say the four stages are X, Y, and Z, and then you might think, well, that's all love is. But love is more than this. And I want people to understand that just getting a good understanding of this article is going to be a great start, but it's not the end. All right. So I want people to understand this can be a great start, but it's not the end. So forming deep love cultivation is going to require you to number one, have self-love, two, authentic communication, three, empathy and compassion, four, gratitude. Those are going to be the four that we're going to focus on. And then we're also going to talk about after I introduce these four topics, how sacrifice and investment come into play. So quickly going through what those are, self-love is going to be making sure that we love ourselves first, because if you don't love yourself, how can you love someone else? So we have multiple paragraphs, of course, and this goes a little bit deeper than where I'm going to go right now. I will go deeper a little bit later in the episode. Step two is going to be authentic communication. And we talk about just how to have good, deep communication with people and what you need to do in order to make it genuine. Yeah, just saying, I love you, babe. Have a good day. I mean, yes, those are acts of love and it shows someone you cares, but that's not authentic communication. For example, if I say, how are you doing? you were probably going to say, I'm doing okay. I'm doing good. I'm doing well. That's just an automatic response. Is it authentic? Because if I really dug deep into your life, I can find something that is not good. 
That is not well. That is not okay. But yet, we are automatically telling people or communicating to people, don't worry about it. It's my problem. It's not your problem. In a sense, yeah, that's true. But where are we as a community? Where are we as people? Where we just fight the world by ourselves? We don't go to war by ourselves. We have an army. This is an army. We are an army here at Reverend Concepts. We want you to win. How can we help you win? Then we get to step three, empathy and compassion. Now, this is going to be one of those that you have to understand exactly what empathy is and what compassion is. Because I think sometimes people think, well, empathy and compassion are just feeling bad for someone or just understanding someone's feelings. Yes, to a degree. But when you're cultivating love, it goes so much more to that. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. Then the last one that people don't really think about is gratitude. When's the last time you told your partner, you know, thank you for being who you are. Thank you for providing for us. Thank you for all the things you do. Maybe on Mother's Day or Father's Day, maybe on a birthday, maybe on a holiday. So we wait for a couple times a year. That's when we show appreciation to somebody. We should appreciate that person every single day, whether you're male or female, you're a husband or wife, a father or a mother. Appreciation has to be there. That gratitude for that other individual has to be there in order to cultivate deep connection. So today we're going to be breaking down this blog article, How to Cultivate Love for Deep Connection. So number one is my favorite one, self-love, because self-love goes into everything that I love talking about when it comes to mindset. For example, self-love is almost like individualism or what we talked about last week, because you can have an individualistic mindset and still work with other people. Because If you are just doing things for other people and you're never doing anything for you, eventually you're going to figure out or realize that you don't have anything. I'm not saying that you can't be Mother Teresa and you give everything you own, every penny away. You can live that life. But what I'm saying is we can help people more if we are in abundance so we can give in abundance. And self-love is the same thing. If you can love yourself, then you can love someone else. Sometimes, especially with the younger folks, they think that I might not love myself 100%, but I'm going to find someone who's going to love me so I can love myself. Just, you know, all of that, right? The self-care aspect of things is not the same as self-love. Self-love is going to be just loving yourself for who you are, understanding that you're not perfect and understanding that you have the ability to be better than where you are and you don't need anyone for it. And then you get into the mindset of, If I don't need anyone to give me love, why do I need to be in a relationship? Again, you don't have to be in a relationship. You don't have to do anything in this life that you don't want to do. If you don't want to have kids, don't have kids. If you don't want to work, don't work. If you don't want to love yourself, don't love yourself. If you don't want to love other people, don't love other people. But misery is going to love company, they say. So if you're a person who doesn't want to love yourself, love other people, go to work, handle your business you're going to be miserable to some degree. You might bring people down. You're going to belittle people. All of that is going to stem from your inadequacy because you feel without. This all stems again from our third stage in development where we're trying to become a part of a community. And if you try to recluse yourself from that community because you don't want to implement self-love or you have not implemented self-love or you do not know how to implement self-love, and you think self-care is going to fill in the hole of self-love, that is not a good idea. That is not going to lead you to where you want to be. That's like putting a band-aid over a gunshot wound. 
yes, you covered it up. Yes, you tended to it, but it wasn't the right fix. So there is a right fix for self-love and we do have to understand what that fix is. Then we get into the idea of authentic communication. And this is where I find most relationships struggle the most. For some reason, people think that communication through text, communication that is quick and just short is authentic communication. Oh, you know, I say good morning every day to him or her and I say I love you before I go to work every single day. That is not authentic communication, right? That might be habitual, automatic things you do. A good morning text, a goodbye, a love you, heart, whatever. And as much as you might have to put effort into sending that message or saying what you have to say, it is not going to help you cultivate deep love. It might reaffirm that you love the person. So it's like a mantra. If I tell this person I love them every single day and I appreciate them every single day, then eventually I'm just going to fall into that habit of that person, right? We create the affirmation, that mantra. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. The same thing as if we say, I love you to ourselves, right? Self-love. Eventually we will believe it, but you might tell yourself a lie long enough where it becomes a truth. So you might think you love somebody, but they're doing things that are just not loving. A great example is going to be if someone is doing things in a relationship that is not conducive to have a good, strong relationship. For example, they're texting a bunch of other people on dating apps. And unless you have a polyamorous relationship, you are going to be cheating on maybe an emotional level. And statistics has shown that more people cheat through social media than they do in real life because they're looking for that emotional fix. They're looking for authentic communication. And this is where sometimes people leave a marriage or leave a relationship because they feel, oh, this person gets me. Oh, this person listens to me because the authentic communication is there. I've said this before and I'll say it again. We need 90 minutes of deep communication every single week, not a hello. And we add all the hellos up and all the I love yous and all the things we do for the person. It's literally sitting down, having a conversation. The conversation could be about work. It can be about the kids. It could be about a trip that you're planning. Whatever it is, 90 minutes. The way you create that deep communication is by just creating pockets that make your day very easy. For example, if you have days off together, those are great days to have deep communication. Don't just, oh, I'm going to turn on a movie and we're going to watch a movie together. No, that's not deep communication. That's spending time together. I'm talking about like at dinner time when there's no phones at the table. And yes, you're eating. Most people don't eat without just having some type of conversation or banter. It's just so awkward. So that's why first dates are typically someplace where you can go have a drink or you can have something to eat because you have that conversation. You're able to have that conversation. So that's a great way to build deep communication or to build communication in your relationship if you're struggling to reach to 90 minutes. The next way you can do it is if you're driving together, riding together. So maybe you live 10 minutes away from the gym. Instead of listening to music in the car, you can have a conversation for 10 minutes. And then after the 10 minutes, you're coming back home, talk about the workout if you want to. It doesn't matter. But that's 20 minutes of deep communication that one day alone. And then if you go to the gym three days out of the week, you have already reached 60 minutes of your communication. I'm sure you probably eat multiple times a day, maybe even a week, hopefully a week. So you are going to have maybe five minutes of breakfast, five minutes for lunch if you're working from home, maybe. 
And then for dinner, right? How long does it take to eat dinner? Maybe 20 minutes. You are now giving yourself over the 90 minutes, which is even better. But I'm talking about the bare maintenance of what you need to have authentic communication to build that communication and that relationship between someone, right? Cultivating love is not so much, I love you, here's a morning text for you. All of that fades away. All of that is insignificant. Yes, you might like it, but it doesn't mean that it is necessary for the functionality of the relationship. We just need the 90 minutes and we need to understand our role in the relationship. And then we get into our number three, which is going to be empathy and compassion. And this one is a really easy one because it doesn't require much effort or at least effort in my mind, because empathy and compassion should already be a natural state for humans. Humans should have an empathetic mindset, a compassionate mindset, meaning they just don't want to hurt people to hurt people. Sometimes people are scarred and tarnished, maybe selfish, where they're focused on what they need to focus on. It can lead to moments where they're not compassionate, where they're not empathetic. And the easiest way I help my relationship clients is the same thing I did or the same thing I was told from my relationship coach because even me, I get coaching. I want to make sure I'm in the best place possible before I begin something. Or if I'm doing something and I'm not seeing the results, I need an outside pair of eyes. Now, I don't need to see a coach like a therapist where I'm like, oh, I got to talk to my coach again. It's almost like every year, maybe sometimes two or three times a year, depending on what I'm trying to do, I'm going to need some outside eyes. I'm going to need some guidance, whether from a business coach, financial advisor, money coach, whatever it be, relationship coach. I'm going to say, well, this is wrong. I need some help. Early on in my marriage, I was like, I need to speak to someone because I was operating in this very individualistic mindset. I wasn't really compassionate or empathetic. I was like, I need to do what I have to do because that's going to benefit the relationship. And I wasn't so much worried about love and respect and creating communication. I was just worried about what I have to do. I was a lone rider and there's nothing wrong with that, right? I was single and I was a playboy, whatever you want to call it, a bachelor. Then you go into a relationship, a marriage, and it's a totally different dynamic. Yes, I've been in relationships, but those have always been like, okay, let's see where this goes rather than I want to make this work. The best advice I got before going into a marriage, so when you finally realize that this person is the person for you, you want to spend your life with them, you have to ask yourself this question or you have to get to this realization. And the realization or the question is, will I do anything and everything for this person? Or you can say, there's only one person that I have to do everything and anything for, and I will do anything and everything for. That simple shift in my mindset or just that question or just that reasoning was enough for me to say, it's only one person I have to do this for. I don't have to talk to anyone else. I don't have to be compassionate or empathetic to anyone else. I don't have to communicate with anyone else. It's just this one person. Everyone can count to one very easily. Everyone can do one push-up. Everyone can do one sit-up. Everyone can do one jumping jack. One is not a hard number. So when I said, oh, that's appropriate, because my subconscious going to three levels of consciousness now, my conscious was like, oh, you know, relationships are a lot of work. Then I go into the subconscious saying, it's only one person I have to do this for. Oh, it's only one person. Okay, we can make that work. And basically that's what happened. That's how I was able to get over my conscious views of the relationship and building a loving relationship in a good, strong relationship. 
Not saying that my relationship is bulletproof because every relationship has the need for maintenance work. You have to do the maintenance work. And there's going to be times when you two don't vibe and you just have to understand that this is not a momentary thing. Yes, you can get divorced and it's the easy way out, but it's not the appropriate way out because you're going to find yourself just, okay, that didn't work, that didn't work, that didn't work. And you're just going to one day find the best comfortable spot because comfort is what you create your environment. And if you are in a bad relationship, why are you in a bad relationship? Most people are just not in bad relationships because they didn't know the person. Most people are in bad relationships because they chose the wrong person. So that means if you are choosing the wrong people in your life, that is your fault. You need to learn how to find the right people. That's why you need to go on dates. That's why you need to understand red flags. And I'm talking about good red flags. I'm not talking about like women asking guys, oh, you know, like how tall are you? Oh, you're not even six feet. Ugh, red flag. How much money do you make? Oh, you only make $45,000. Red flag. Those are inconsequential because I can be making $30,000 a year, have a strong relationship and have a supportive wife. She's going to help elevate me because I'm going to want to give her the world. I'm going to want to give her the best things in the world. So my circumstance will change because of the right woman, not for the right woman, because of the right woman. Man is not going to change for anybody. He will change for the right person, but he's just not going to change for anybody. So it's important to understand the difference. And if you have compassion and empathy, you can go into a situation understanding, is this person a good person, a good fit for me? Do you have similar traits? What's your love language? Do you even know that? And not saying that if your love language is different and not saying that if your love language is different, it's just that the other person has to be empathetic to it. So for example, your love language might be receiving gifts. So the person has to get you flowers and things like that. But if that person doesn't like getting flowers and stuff like that and being all lovey-dovey, you're probably not going to receive your love language. So you're better off finding someone who wants to reciprocate your love language for us, we have a very easy love language. For me, it's just acts of kindness. And for her, it's just, you know, being present, being there, being constant. And it might be an occasional gift and things like that for special occasions, but we create the love. We figure out what works for us. And if you're a person who only dates people because of zodiacs, and that's just a mindset because you're automatically saying, oh, this person is a good fit for me. And you're going to think in your mind, this person is a good fit for me but this person might be the most toxic person in the world. And you're just going to say to yourself, right? Because again, we have to have that internal dialogue. Oh, this person's a good fit for me. And you make them a good fit for you because if you tell yourself a lie long enough, it becomes the truth. And then that's why we have high divorces. And that's why we have abusive relationships because someone goes into a relationship thinking it's a good fit. So we have to do our due diligence to make sure that number three, that they're empathetic and compassionate for us or know how to do it at least. And then we get into number four, gratitude. Now, this is going to be the easiest one and also the most overlooked one to implement into a relationship. Because if we think about gratitude, gratitude is just letting people know that we appreciate them. It's almost like you can't mix gratitude with communication because communication is communication. Gratitude is just a small act of kindness. It could be a big one too. But I want people to understand that gratitude is not only about physical things. Gratitude is not about, okay, I'm going to give them some money or I'm going to pay for their birthday party or I'm going to pay for a cruise for them 
or I'm going to pay their college off, right? So yes, you're being very gracious, but it's not so much of gratitude. Gratitude is when you look at the person and you are just internally delighted by the understanding that this person is for you, that this person is yours. And you know on an innate level that this is a good place to be. I'm grateful for you. So an example of gratitude would be just stopping and saying, hey, thank you for all you do. You know, thank you for being a good mom. Thank you for supporting us and sacrificing yourself and investing in us and just letting them know. Now, this cannot be done every single day. So that means you have to understand when to use it. I would recommend at least once a month. If you don't want to do it once a month, every two months is also good enough. Every two months, six times a year. And just do it randomly. Yeah, you shouldn't just get it all done in six days. So for example, Monday you tell them, Tuesday you tell them, and then on Saturday it's finally done for the year. All right, I got that done. You know, Michael said I got to do it six times a year. It has to be spread out. What happens with that gratitude is it also elevates the relationship. Everything else becomes better. Just from a small act of saying, hey, I just want to let you know I appreciate you. Hey, I want to let you know thank you for doing that for me. In our world today, we are so busy. We will sacrifice our self-care. We will sacrifice our self-love. We will sacrifice communication. We will sacrifice empathy and compassion, all because we were told or we believe or we're operating under a certain mindset that is not helpful to happiness, not helpful to cultivating good relationships and strong relationships. So we do have to invest in our relationship. And I have articles and I have episodes already on the difference between how men love and how women love. This is a different type of episode because men and women love differently. Men are probably not going to have as much empathy and compassion as much as the woman in the relationship. Not saying that a man is not capable of it, but just again, naturally, he's just going to be maybe more individualized and saying, okay, I need to do what I need to do for my family. So I'm going to go out, get whatever I got to get to bring home to make sure my family's taken care of, right? Is that that innate level? Not saying that our world today, our modern world today of the protector and provider aspect of men is solely for men anymore because now women can go in because of feminism. That right there is changing the dynamic of relationships and changing the dynamics of love. That's why there's more unmarried and childless women in their 30s than there has ever been in the world. Because more women are putting career first, putting their self first, and then they're waiting until a later date until they're satisfied with what they have accomplished. And then they want to start a relationship with a high value man. But we're not going to get into that conversation because it's going to lead us away from cultivating love. And what we want to do is cultivate love. If we can cultivate these areas of love, self-love, authentic communication, gratitude, empathy, and compassion, we're going to learn how to cultivate love for deep connection. Being in a relationship, again, is not easy. Sacrificing is not easy sometimes. Putting yourself first might be something that we don't think about. And though it's going to maybe be unique for everyone's situation, for example, my situation might be different than your situation, I always recommend getting yourself some help if you're struggling to build deep love connection with your partner. Because you are going to go through so much trial and error where you can just bring in a coach, bring in someone who can look at what's going on and offer some solid advice, some guidance for you 
to get to this love a lot sooner than later. Now, again, men want respect more than they want love and women want love more than they want respect, but it doesn't mean that both people don't want love or need love, right? We all need love. People fail to understand that love is one of the most critical factors in a child's foundation. And if we don't have love growing up, we become mentally unstable. So this is where all the problems come in the mindset mentality because of the lack of love. So love plays a critical role in our development all the way until we die. So that means even though you're a parent, even though you're a grandparent, the love never should cease. The gratitude never should cease. The communication never should cease. All of this has to be constant in the relationship. It's not something that you do a couple times a year. It's something you commit to a lifetime. Fitness, health, all of those things, it's a lifetime commitment. The same thing with love. My name is Michael Reardon. I'm a mindset coach. If you have any questions, you can email me coachingaccession at gmail.com and I will see everyone on the next episode of Coaching A Session. Until then, everyone take care.